0: I was just doing some, as, as we're, the message this morning is on uh, uh, the controlling and manipulative uh, costume that sometimes we all are caught wearing. But I, I just uh, asked David as he came through the foyer this morning, can you tell me how to find out how much money will be spent on Halloween this year? Grab your seat. He pulled out his phone. He showed me what how many dollars would be spent on costumes and greeting cards and candy that would be given just because it's the Halloween season. Grab your seat while I share with you. And I said, let me let me get my pen and pencil. He said, no, 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 let me just send it to your phone. Man, I'm glad that there's some people smarter than I am that attend this church. Let, let me just say this too. I, uh, Jared was, had his phone out before, uh, maybe we talked about it after, I'm not sure we Attended the funeral uh, yesterday and spent some time together, but uh, he put the advertising of the of the uh, ladies' bazaar on his telephone. I believe it's called social media. Is that is that right? I, I, I'm not a social media person. I can. Sherry said I can barely hear what she says anymore. But anyhow, he pulls this up. And let me just share with it what it said. Each Halloween year, an average of $86.79 is spent per person in the United States on Halloween. $9 billion will be spent in this Halloween season. $3.2 billion on costumes, $2.7 billion on decorations, two point six billion on candy, and $400 million uh, on greeting cards takes a little while for that to soak in. And this is just Halloween. This isn't Christmas. This is just trick-or-treat day. Well, we're going to move to the message this morning. And uh, again, it's a joy. It's a joy to be a part of you people today. Uh, Pastor, appreciation comes every Sunday morning to me when you show up and we can spend some time together. We enjoy the laughter. We enjoy the fellowship. We enjoy the time when you open your heart and you share with us about things that are going on in your life and allow us to be prayerful with you during those times of difficulty and asking the Lord to strengthen us for the hour. Every message that I stand behind this piece of glass or plastic and share with you is not to you. It's because it spoke to me and it's for all of us. I never preach to people except maybe my wife. And sometimes she doesn't give me an amen, sometimes she just says, that's enough. One Sunday morning, I got so carried away in an illustration she was involved in, and she did like this. And I said, would everybody please stand? I gave the benediction, and uh, she was a little red-faced, but we all walked out. I mean, 60 years of marriage will teach you a whole lot, honey. And if you haven't learned yet, sign language works. Today we're going to unravel how we deal with marriage. Manipulation and controlling people, uh, I like the story about Saint Peter. who was supposedly standing in he- at the heaven gates, and there were two big doors, and there was a banner over each door and this line uh, behind one of the doors uh, well the 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 line behind one of the doors was you just couldn't see the men that were lined up in the other door uh, there was just one man, the one that was lined up with with men. That was uncountable. The sign says, "For everyone who who is controlled by your wife, stand uh, behind this door." You could not see the end of the line. To the door that says, "To the man that does not take orders is not manipulated by his wife," would you? they, They could stand there, and there was one man there. Saint Peter says, "I'm really concerned. Why are you standing up behind this banner?" He said, I don't know. My wife said, shut up and get over there. (laughs) A man whose marriage will last. (laughs) How do we deal with people that manipulate our lives? How do we develop a foundation today? uh, And how do we go about handling the challenges of life as we uh, make this journey through life and as Christians I don't know about you but there's always things that we can learn sometimes we learn through past experiences sometimes we go through situations it's a great teacher and sometimes we get alone with the Word of God and when, there's times when I don't know even in the ministry what to do or what to say there's times when we're, there's challenging moments but I'm glad that God's book it has the answer to every dilemma that I've ever faced He's a present help in time of need. And every day, every hour of every day, I'm always needing help. I, I, like, I like the role of being a shepherd because you, the thing that can, the, the biggest test of a shepherd is taking on the role of a servant. And it's awesome to be a servant. It's a joy to be a servant. It's a joy just to know that whatever you think your hand's find to do, just do it. The kitchen was filled with people Friday night, there was standing room only. And as I begin to look and I begin to think, you know, there's a there's something here that can happen that nobody else is doing. And I saw people drinking tea and water. I don't know how many barrels of tea and water was drank of that turkey, but I'm telling you, it was going fast. And, I, and so I was just privileged to pick up the tea and the, and the, uh, a pitcher of water, and I just went about filling glasses and just having a good time. And people, as I would come to the table. I would hear a whisper, that's the pastor of this church. And and somebody said, how do you qualify? I said, just be willing to do anything that's made available. And you know, it's just fun. I don't look around to see what other people are doing. I just try to look around and find something that nobody else is doing. And it's fun. It's called being a servant. In a Sunday school class this morning, it told the kind of servant that Jesus was when he came to this world. He was an humble servant. He was a humble servant and he served with compassion. And I just accidentally ran across an illustration or a definition of what compassion is. He served with a hurting heart for those who were hurting. He stirred with a, with a joyful heart for, with those that were going through triumphant days. He learned to adjust his spirit to the situation that people were going through. And the Bible says he was always moved with compassion. Let me say to the leadership of this church this morning, it's great to be moved, but let me ch- ask you to do this. Would you check to see if you're loaded with compassion? And I'm so glad today I'm talking to myself My wife had a terrible fault. She's had about three in a row lately. She was getting out to help me, and she told me that I was unmerciful to her. Don't ask me what I said. I will not repeat it in the audience of this church. I just was trying to get the point across. I had two curtains in my hand, and I had a door to open, and she was going to be kind to open the door, and she didn't get there in time. And she took a hard fall. Can I say this? Compassion starts at the house. And what happens at your house usually carries over to his house. <laughs> yeah. So we we're talking about costumes this morning. And I don't know what kind of costume you have, but every day before I come to this church, every morning before I start the world out, there's nothing like a big, hot shower from the of my head to the sole of my feet. And while I'm standing in that shower, I realize there's not as much hair that's still on the top of my head. But I said, thank you, Jesus, for what's left. And then I speak to what's inside. Lord, you give me the mind of Christ. Help me to use the mind of Christ and say what you want me to say and do what you want me to do. It's awesome to wear the, the Christian costume this morning. But let me tell you something. Man looks on the outward appearance and God looks on the heart. And the Bible says, let a man examine himself. So you and I, when we look at the message this morning, talking about controlling spirits, let me ask you, how many people found it and you're raising your family. That many times, instead of explaining things to your family, you control them. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. As I repent, I'm the only one that's guilty. Moving on. How do we develop? How do we d- develop the Christ-like spirit that God wants us to 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 have inside of us as a Christian? You know, Christians is not the banner over of my life. It's what's going on on the inside of my life. It was a sad story, but I heard a gentleman who's here today. He worked in a, a, a restaurant in, a, a years ago, and he talked, told us about the, the most horrible uh, day in a restaurant is Sunday when God's people all go to the restaurant and how rude they are. And pe- some people don't even want to work in a restaurant because the Christians come and eat on Sunday. And then I began to examine myself when is the last time that uh, I complained because I got the wrong meal? The only time you'll ever find me complaining is if they put gravy on my plate. And I usually just say this, this is not mine. (laughs) To develop the foundation of today's message, what we're going to do is this. We're going to look at some Bible examples this morning of manipulation. The first one is found in Genesis 25 where we see two brothers. And the example is where Jacob... Manipulated his brother Esau, if you don't know the story, they were two brothers one had been out Esau had been out hunting and probably hog hunting if it if it related to today's world and he came in eventually he had failed to take his jug of coffee and something sweet to eat and he came in starved and when he walked in the door Jacob his brother had a a big big container of stew that was just about ready to serve and and Esau was at the point of despair and and he said give me something to eat Esau saw the day the door was open for him to take advantage of his brother and when he said please give me something to eat Jacob says I'll do it but first of all I want you to sell your birthright to me and in a weak moment, in a moment of despair, I've never been that hungry. I'm not going to sell out when I'm hungry. I can fast that meal, count on it. I'm, I'm not addicted to, to food, but don't take the coffee away. I'll fight you for that thermos. In a weak moment, he said, sell me the birthright and I'll give you some stew. And Jacob saw Esau in a need and he manipulated him and took advantage of him. Another example we find is in the New Testament Mark chapter 6. We see the story about a mother and daughter, two two women that was able to manipulate a king. There was a, Herod was the king, he was throwing a big party and uh, Herodias was a close friend of the king's. Her her daughter came in, and she was putting on a big dance, and I can just see this. I don't know whether you've just accidentally watched it or not, but there's a program on. I don't even know what night it's on. I just catch a glimpse of it, and Sherry grabs the control, and she changes channels. But have you ever saw the glimpse of Dancing with the Stars? I say stars and garters. (laughs) Well... Undoubtedly, Herodias had a daughter that had been dancing with the stars. She came in, and the dance just floundered. Herod, and he said, Lady, young lady, ask what you will. I'm going to do it for you. Half of the kingdom, I'm so impressed with the dance that you've, you've given us and the entertainment that you have offered. And the daughter went to her mother and said, What shall I ask him? He said, I could ask anything, and he's going to meet our needs. Herodias was not living a Christian life, and John the Baptist was in prison because he was living in the right life, and he had got down where the pedal hit the metal. He was telling people to repent of your sins. Get right with God. Lay aside the way to the sin that easily beset you so that you can be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he had really, really messed up the life that Herodias was living. She whispers to her daughter, tell John the Baptist we want the head. Or t- tell... Tell Herod we want the head of John the Baptist. When John got the word, I want you to behead John the Baptist. Here are two women in the Bible, and it's important you realize that this was so serious. It's printed in black and white for you to see how the two people manipulated a king. Let me ask you, if, if a king could be n- manipulated by two women, what can one man, woman do with a man? Hang on, women, I'm going to get to the men directly. Don't look so serious. This isn't about women this morning. In the Old Testament, though, is my favorite example of manipulation. And I realized how funny it was and yet how serious it was when we went to see Samson while we were in Branson. What a show. If you've never seen that show, it is awesome. If you know the story, Delilah over and over tried to find the secret of her lover, Samson. But Samson just wouldn't tell her. So finally we see in the book of Judges, chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, it says, Then she said to them, How can you say I love you and you won't confide in me? Verse 16, the Bible says, With such nagging, she prodded him day and night until he was tired to death. That's pretty tired, isn't it? It cracks me up. She nagged the snoot out of him, didn't she? If you don't like the NIV version, look at the New Living Translation. It says she nagged him until he couldn't stand it any longer. And then, of course, the King James Version says she vexed him. She vexed his soul unto death. I've never been vexed that way, have you? God's given us two feet to run, hasn't He? Notice, notice what it says. If you feel like saying amen, if you've ever been there, uh, just go ahead. I'm going to give the ladies a chance to say amen in a few moments. She manipulated through nagging. Let me, let me just ask you. <clears throat> have you ever let anybody nag so long that, that you changed your mind? Nobody? Oh come on! Just be honest. There's no. I'm not going to give an altar call. There's one. Thank you, Michael. Michael. No. Oh, All right. Okay. I'm not going to call any more names. So, in case your husband doesn't see your hand. Is there just three of us? Four, or five. Nobody's ever been on a job. You. I mean. Oh yeah. I'm t- we're getting more to the point, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Well, just hold your hand back up. We're not going to. We're not. We're not, they're filming me, not you. Okay, nobody's going to take you to the Facebook and say they've seen your hand. Okay, those that ha- ha- held your hand up this morning, just stay with me. Just stay with me. Just keep your hands in the air. All right, I see those hands. All right. While you've got your hands in the air, just, just raise your right foot with me. Come on. Come on. Oh, come on. Everybody that's got your, right, your hand in the air, you got your foot off? All right, I just, I'm just relieved. I, I didn't know whether I could control you or not. I just... The message is working. The message is working. Manipulation is a horrible, I don't know about you, but it makes me uncomfortable if I find that somebody's tried to manipulate me and, and invariably we get caught in that trap. Some of the greatest points of my life of being manipulated is when the grandkids come to and And, and this isn't because Fallon's here, even though she was very good at it. There's a, nothing that will touch Papa's heart any more than a grandchild that will crawl into your lap, put their arm around you, and tell you I love you. Yep. And the automatic response is, "What do you need?" Yeah. <laughs> not after they're married. Not after they're married. They text. They text after they after they're married. <laughs> but but, but I, I'm so grateful. I have grandkids. They don't. Fallon feels comfortable and. And, and sitting on my lap today, you know what? That's not manipulation. That's just winning your heart. That's right. What are we try? What are we? What are we? Let's just be honest with each other. There's nobody looking around. Shut the cameras down. Make sure that you just catch me from right here. We don't want this to go on, on Instagram or what it is today. But uh, how, how many? Uh, maybe, maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe. He, Wives, let me ask you this: How many just be honest? And as the, all the heads of men are bowed, your eyes are closed. Nobody looking around. How many women? You just kind of say, "I, I get manipulated once in a while." Wow! Yeah, I see those hands. It's all right. Yeah, we all, we all, we all are there, aren't we? Yeah. It's like a costume. We put it on when we need it, <laughs> and then we lay it aside when we don't need it. It seemed to always fit, even though we may have kept it in the closet for, for, for a certain time. But I can tell you today, when we allow the Holy Spirit to engulf our lives, God says we overcome by love because love never fails. Amen. And Jesus, Jesus doesn't go around trying to manipulate uh, you and I as Christians, I'm going to talk to the church. We're living in a different hour than we lived uh, years ago. I was raised on a church pew. They were, there were three, four befores, uh, uh, one before is for slats. We called them slat pews. And then there was three or four on the back, and they were the hardest things. There was no cushion. And I'm telling you, the preacher never knew when to hush. We were there for two and three hours sitting on those hard pews. And the power of God was manifest. It was an awesome time. It was during the time I was growing up. And uh, my dad entered the ministry uh, in 1947 when I first started to school. And I'm telling you, these were difficult times. And I, sometimes I just listened and sometimes I didn't listen. And I was glad when Mom brought a quilt to church so she could make me a pillow. And I could lay under that slotted pew and think about what was going on. Times have changed today. Times have changed. We, we have a different atmosphere today. We have sat on padded pews. We try to watch the clock. But most of all, I want to tell you something. It's not about, about the clock on the wall. It's about the ingredients of our heart today. Amen. And as we continue the journey of life, we're living in a hour like I've never seen before. Never before have I got so aggravated that I just turned the news off because it stinks critical spirits and and we have a generation growing up that's catching the flow of things they're watching our leaders of our country as they criticize and they they use horrible words i wouldn't be standing or sitting today if i'd ever let the word flow out of my mouth that i hear our politicians ruling running one another down doesn't matter what politics it is it just is not in line with the word and can i tell you this the bible says we reap what we sow So as you and I today, it's a challenging moment, and yet I want you to know we're living in a real moment, and the Bible says we can overcome evil with good. How is it when somebody's taking advantage of us? How is it when we left an audience or a group of people and we realize somebody has manipulated us? Have you ever sang the song as you've left that company? If I had it to do all over again. (laughs) I wouldn't do it like I did it this time. We're all we're all living in the same world. If one lady could manipulate Samson, if two ladies could manipulate a king, let me ask you this morning: What does it take to manipulate you and me? As we serve the Lord, it's an encouraging time to realize that that you and I can. Every moment have time to spend just, if if it's a devotion, ever what you spend time in, if it's reading the Word, if you've got time just a moment, it's important that we renew the mind. The Bible says we don't have to be conformed to this world, which means the world doesn't have the power to push you in their mold. As a Christian believer, I want you to get this. You don't have to put on the costume that the world's wearing today. You can put on the garment of praise in a time when the heaviness of the Spirit is raging against you. You can only do this by allowing the Holy Spirit that enables all of us today to become what God's Word says we can become. We don't have to talk about the world. We don't have to use the slang words or the curse words that the world uses today because the Holy Spirit enables us to refrain from the things that the world is using because the Bible labels you and I as more than conquerors more than conquerors and amidst of the, the hours that we're living it takes work it takes time it takes it takes some uh effort today to renew our mind the bible says don't be conformed to this world but be transformed to the renewing of your mind what are we renewing our mind with we've got to renew it on what god has to say For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. What is everlasting life? Listen to me. When your time comes to expire and your spirit graduates from this body that it's living in today, your spirit never dies. There's an eternity. Your spirit lives on. Your conscience never dies. It lives on. We're made up of soul, body, and spirit. We have, our soulish man is our mind, will, and emotion. We have a spirit that lives in this clay body that we're living in. And we're all put together through God's divine ordinance. And he, he wants you to know today, and he wants me to tell you that your spirit will never die. Well, however, we have the ability to clothe this body that our spirit lives in with different costumes. We as Christians even have to guard ourselves against controlling spirits. We have to guard ourselves against being somebody that can manipulate us, because we live in a world when most of the time we have a free will. There's guidelines, there's laws that we are are supposed to obey, and many times we, uh, we pay the price when we don't obey them. But listen, the Bible wants to reveal to you the principles that, that come with manipulation. It's often today that we watch people that are very, very consumed with fear that, Not knowing how things are going to turn out, it's their way or the highway, and they do everything they can to manipulate people to think like they think. Well, listen, not everybody's going to think the way that I think. If you don't believe me, ask her. I'm not always right. If you don't believe me, ask her. There's divine evidence here. I'm not always right. But listen to me. I can always look to one who is always right. He's the author, the finisher of my faith. He's once as touched by the way that I feel. He's not slack concerning what he has in the word of God. It's a lamp unto my feet. It's a light to my ha- pathway. And when I'm having a trouble sinning, the Bible says I can hide God's word in my heart that keeps sin out and keeps Jesus in. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Yes. That's awesome. If you're having a sin problem today, and we all have foiled lives. All of us... <laughs> have some foil going on in our lives we're none of us perfect we're just trying to get there and we know we're on the right highway that highway leads to heaven and we want as many people to get on that road they don't have to come to this church but i'm telling you you've kind of come to the cross and realize that if it hadn't been for the cross of the blood of jesus we'd be some of the greatest manipulators in the world can i just stop a moment and say this religion is a manipulator I knew I wouldn't get any amens, but religion is a manipulator. Listen, following Jesus is not a religious way to live. Following Jesus is teaching us how to have relationships. Listen to me. We all need one another. When. When Don went to bed the other night, he didn't realize that he'd be in an ambulance going to ER. He didn't realize that there would be people that would surround his bedside and put him on a meta flight to mercy. He didn't realize who he would face even the funeral director when he got there. And he wasn't there just in case. He was there because he loved you. Listen to me. Love is a motivator for all of us today. you could have slept there in. You didn't have to come to church. Nobody told you you had to get there. I'm the only one that told Tory. Make sure you go to church in the morning. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about you, but if you're, if you, there, there's, there comes a day when you've got to turn those kids loose. Right. Yeah, I, let me say that again. Not everybody heard that. I only got two, two grins and Joe, no. Joe, yeah. jo- jo, jo, you're the only one confirming this. There comes a time when you have to turn those kids loose. Right. They don't want you going on their honeymoon. They don't want you following them on your, their camera or, or your telephone. They don't want you on the, on the camera either. Listen, there comes a time in all of our lives when, when we, we must ask ourselves, am I wearing the garment Manipulating people, am I a, a, a manipulative person? Or am I a person that reaches out with love and compassion? Am I somebody that gets interested when other people are, have failed? Am I there to pick them up or, or, or am I there to say, I knew what was going to happen to that person? What kind of a person are we? Are we the person who somebody's behind us, we want to open the door and let them walk in first? Are we the kind of person that we, we're able to bear one another's burdens? The Bible says this is how we fulfill the law of Christ. I'm telling you, there's something about this message this morning that's really really getting me off, off of the notes. But there, let's look at Matthew chapter 16. Even Jesus tried to, was tried and he passed the course because he had a, one of his disciples that tried to manipulate him. Listen, let me ask you this. If Jesus dealt with manipulation, why do you think you're not going to? In Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 and 22, Jesus was explaining to his disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem, and he must be killed there in Jerusalem, and and on the third day, he'd be raised to life. Verse 22, Peter was listening, and what did he do? The Bible says Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Get a picture of this. Jesus, the Son of God, being just. being rebuked by one of his disciples. He said, Lord, this ain't gonna happen to you. And as Jesus was listening to him, what was what was Peter's what was Peter up to? Well, Peter was a follower of Jesus. He thought he knew everything about Jesus. He knew he thought he could second guess Jesus, and he, he just was there to cancel the message that, that Jesus was was telling them but notice notice the form that it goes through why didn't peter announce this to the 11 as well as jesus that ain't so jesus no he he when when you want to control somebody you kind of pick them out and say you know just in case you're wrong you're probably not but just in case you are i have something i'd like to share with you When I ask you this question, make sure you say yes, even though inside I know you're saying no. (laughs) Are you with me? Do it anyhow. Peter says, that ain't going to happen. Notice how Jesus handled the controlling spirit of, of a disciple. Get behind me, Satan. Now that's how Jesus handled the controlling spirit. Let me just get it in today's terminology. You devil, get out of my way. That's how Jesus... I wonder how that would be handled in the church today. All the devils would leave. And I'd probably have to go with them. Let's just face it. We all have to deal with a controlling spirit. If you love me, I'll love you. (laughs) If you'll do this, I'll do this. True story. Everybody's mature. Kids are gone. I'm going to talk to you about something close to our family. It wasn't just a manipulative spirit. It was a controlling spirit. We had a member. They're both gone, hopefully, to heaven today. They never attended this church, but they were family. How many know you can't, you can't you, 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 you're hooked up to family no matter what, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. One day, the the wife con, confessed to the rest of us, "I charged my husband for sex." Wow! I bet he never runs out of spending money. That, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I was just process. I, I know you're not like me. I, know, I know you did process it some other way. out. don't, don't look. At, I'm not going to look at you. Get your face back in order. Uh, I can't believe he said that. No, I felt sorry for him, Michael. <laughs> I really did. What's that mean for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, and sickness and health? Well, it didn't. It didn't mention sex. I'm talking about controlling. <laughs> I'm, 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 I know it's time to move on. Here's four practical ways that I want you to think about. Sometimes we don't say no to a person that's manipulating us because we don't want to hurt their feelings. Later, we wish we had a, but there, there's just something about going along. How many, how many have ever heard that I went along with the show because I didn't want to pay the price not to? There's times when people are controlled by obligation. Nobody's here by obligation this morning. You came on your own will. But there's an obligation in spirit. Sometimes people control others, you know. Uh, uh, on the job, you know, they can make you feel obligated when you're getting there, punching the clock at, at 8 o'clock and you, and you leave it at quitting time. They can still manipulate, manipulate you if, if they want to at times. So sometimes, through obligation, people manipulate us. Another tool that people that manipulate you with is guilt. Anybody ever heard the song, Shame on You? Or was it Shame on Me? Sometimes it's in our marriage. Sometimes we're controlled by by feeling guilty because uh, we messed up a long time ago. Uh, A controlling spirit is sometimes... Is When it works, it's held on to by the person who's using it. If they can put you on a guilt trip, they'll do it again to you again. They'll do it to you again. And and, and, And you just can't seem to get away from the fact, I remember when, I remember when, I remember what you did. And I'm telling you, I've got the ability to tell on you if you don't do what I do, ask you to do, through guilt, through guilt. And and Let me just say this this morning. I'm not saying this because you're doing it. I'm saying this because you're going to face somebody sooner or later that's going to try it on you or you're going to be ready for it. Listen, I believe in coming to church, but I can tell you one thing. It's not just for, for, so we can hear a good message. It's so we can be brought up to date, so we can be ready, because the Bible says in the last days the, 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 the enemy will do everything he can through manipulation, through controlling, through everything that he can. He'll do everything he can to re- rob you of your joy. Right. Why would he do that? Because in the book of Nehemiah, the Old Testament, chapter 8, verse 10, says the joy of the Lord is your strength. How many today would say, I would be happy if I knew I wasn't being manipulated? No hands raised. How many would say, I would be happy if if I could just have my way once in a while? How many would just say, I'm very unhappy because I'm always reminded of the day I hooked my toe and fell? Listen, the Bible says when we put on the garment of praise, when we allow Jesus to control our life, the Bible says forgetting those saints which are behind and reaching forth unto those saints which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Listen, what you've done is between you and God. What I have done in the past is between me and God. But what you do from here to there is, is a day that I want to impart some truth into you that will help you to get there. I want you to get there. I want you to make heaven. I want your children to make heaven. I want my children to make heaven. But I'm telling you something. Your spirit will never die. This earpiece may. Your spirit never dies. This body, this body wasn't made forever. This body that many times expresses itself in different ways. One day it's going to be laid to rest. But our spirit goes into eternity. There's still a right, there's still a wrong, there's still the truth. And the Bible says when we take the truth of God's word and apply it to our heart, it's all right to say I don't have to have my way every time. Even though it does feel pretty good, doesn't it? Moving on. I watch, and I've watched this before, when parents divorce. And there's not a, there's not a marriage in this, in this building this morning, but what there have been times in all of our lives, that we entertained. Maybe I, maybe I would be better off if I would just walk. Even in the ministry, I don't mind telling you, the ministry is not always what it's cooked up to be. There's times when dreams are shattered. There's time when, when you get stabbed in the back. There's time when people walk out on you. It, it, when people say, you're the most horrible preacher in all the world. Well, God bless them. God bless them. I'll never forget it. One of my closest friends was buried. We had his service in this church probably a year ago. And the young gentleman that brought the message had been preaching in this gentleman's church. And he did his first message. And, 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 and the minute the message was over, he'd he come down to the pew where Ralph Chain was sitting. I'll just tell you who it was. And the boy says, Ralph, how was the message? He said, that was the worst thing I ever heard, but let's go eat dinner. There's a right way and a wrong way of doing everything. You don't have to lie. <laughs> you don't even have to go up and adjust somebody's necktie. <laughs> Listen, God has given us the ability to be more than conquerors. How are you doing today? Are you serving the Lord with joy? To, is what you're doing contagious to the world? Or is the way we're acting causing other people to say, I don't know where he's been or what he's done, but I'd like to be like him? And the world is filled with manipulation the world is filled today with criticism and, and the garment of praise has many times left the body of Christ. It's important to know that garment of praise is right in the closet where we hung at last. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That's awesome. The third indicator is that if you're being manipulated or controlled, is you feel responsible when somebody's life is falling apart, you may feel like it's your fault. You should have done more. You should have put more put forth more of an effort when I hear somebody in their community that's never attended the house of God they've never given God place in their life and they leave I deal with this quite often is there something more that I could have done I've walked out of the hospital room when I've asked could I uh, are you right with Jesus have you invited men to be your best friend Have you asked him to forgive you of your sins and I've heard this word no and I don't want you praying for me I've walked out of a room more times than once, and I've asked myself this question, what more could I have done? Is there something that I should have done that I didn't do that caused this pe- person to go out into eternity knowing that his spirit was not going to die? It was going to live from, from now on. If you're here this morning and somebody tried to make you feel guilty because you haven't done enough, just take a moment without expressing it verbally just to kind of do, do a little inventory of where they've been and what they're doing. After all, it was Jesus when they brought the lady caught in the act of adultery and the religious people brought him there and said, Jesus, we caught her in the very act. If I'd have been Jesus, I'd have said, what were you looking and why did you go there to see it happen? Jesus was more compassionate and com- than I am. He was more, but he, he had to, a servant's heart, and he said to the crowd, he that hath not sinned, let him cast the first stone. Wow. Wow. Religion can be manipulative. It, we're not here to control you, Lord. We're here, we're here to release the power of the Holy Spirit that enables all of us to continue the race that's set before us because we don't focus on... On, on what other people do. We try to focus on what God says that we must do to be the kind of person He wants us to be. Do we fail? Romans three twenty three says, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. How many is all? Don't say it's not me. I can say right to you. Yes, sir. It means all of us. Right. The fourth thing, I've got three minutes and I've got to close is this is very real for so many people. So many people are being manipulated by compromising their values to please others. If you find yourself doing things that you normally would not do just to please others, I have a message for you. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to and said, you know what? I know to honor God's standards I know I know how to abstain from immorality. I I know what it is to to abstain from the things of life. But you know the, the friends that I'm running with, uh, they do it and I'm doing it too even though I know that I was taught differently. Today is a day examine yourself. If you were if you're if you're Spirit is being checked when you're doing anything. Listen to the Holy Spirit. He doesn't speak audibly, but He speaks in a way that we know it. If you're allowing the crowd to take you their way instead of you taking them their way, let the Holy Spirit talk to you. God has a plan for your life. Do it, and God will be honored, and you'll be blessed. Costumes. Costumes. Every day. Every day. Every day we have the ability to go to the closet and pick the clothes that we wear. And, you know, I'd like to say that it doesn't matter. I'm not influenced by what I put on. But one day in this auditorium, a lady asked me, she said, you look, you look so much better in that color shirt. You usually always wear blue. I never really put any in-depth thought about it till that day. And then I realized that uh, my wife's favorite color is blue. Yep. Oh, come on, you guys. I see one guy, he's the most hen-pecked preacher i ever seen. I'm not henpecked, I just spend a lot of time at the hen house. <laughs> and you'll live a lot longer accepting the fact that you're in the same boat with the preacher. Would you stand? I was warned today when they were announced at prayer time, just know how far to take that message this morning on manipulating people and controlling people. I don't know how good a job I've done, but I know the clock says it's 12 o'clock. I want you to bow your head with me this morning. Lord, it's it's so grateful, Lord. It's a great day and it's a great hour in our life when we can just be honest with ourselves and be honest with one another. Lord, you didn't send us into this world Lord, so that we would, co-op, would, would compromise our our life standards, but you sent us into this world because we were a living opportunity for you to to. Used to cause other lives to be changed, you put a spirit inside of us that could be born again and, and that we could become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. It didn't exempt us, it didn't exempt us from heartache and sorrow. It didn't exempt us from not making enough money at times. It didn't exempt us from the cares of life, but what it did do, you placed the grace of God inside of us that gave us peace until the storm passed by. Lord, if you've used this message and you've touched these lips of clay to speak to some people in this congregation this morning. Lord, I pray that the anointing will flow through their life today. There's something that's been said that will will cause them to pause and examine itself. Am I doing this the way that God would want me to do it so that I can bring glory to his kingdom? Or am I just going the way of my friends in order to be accepted? Let me tell you about the life of Jesus and the family of God you're already accepted into the family of God you just have to accept it you have to accept his plan you have to accept the fact that he shed his blood on the cross for your sins you have to accept the fact that he carried stripes to Calvary that paid for our healing you have to accept the fact that if you'll confess him as Lord he'll become your best friend doesn't make us perfect just puts us in the right family gives us a desire to shun the wrong and do the right your head are bowed this morning nobody looking around could I just ask a simple question are you here this morning you've never made peace with the Lord you've never invited him in to be your best friend you don't know what it is to say Lord help me I don't know what to do this whole world turns to the bottle in those critical hours when they need to turn to Jesus I'm asking a simple question are you here this morning and you know today that God has a plan for your life, but you're allowing it to be affected by either being manipulated, you're, you're being a, a, a controlled by what your friends do because you want to be accepted. You want to be accepted so badly that you've compromised your way of life. Or maybe today you just accept the fact that you need help in generality of your life. doesn't make you a bad person. You just say, Pastor, by an uplifted hand Pastor, thanks for preaching the message on the costume. I'll be careful about the costumes that I wear from this day forward. I don't want to be a critic. That was last Sunday's message. I don't want to, to, to manipulate people. I want to grow up. I want to teach my family. in growing up, I want to teach them how to how to love one another and how to be how to flow in the spirit of love. I don't want to. I don't want to manipulate. I, I don't want to control. I want Jesus to be in control of my family. Any of this ministers, to you this morning, let me see your hands across this congregation. God bless, God bless, God bless today. Thank you, Jesus. Pastors coming to close the service, it's been an honor to tell you the truth about the costumes. And I want you in response. I want everybody to look at me this morning. I want you to raise this hand in my way. Will you do that? I'm not trying to control you. Come on, everybody in the building, raise your hand this way. And here's what I want you to say. Lord, help our pastor. Oh, come on, turn up the volume. Lord, help our pastor. To always wear the garment of praise. Oh, come on. I need to hear it stronger. I can't hear all of it. I want my pastor to wear the garment of praise. Give him the ability to lay aside the garment of heaviness so that he can always have a thankful spirit. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You preached me a message. I love you. God bless you. Pastor, would you come to close?